Great news for Informed Pregnancy Plus subscribers. Dive into our Core Connection course included with your subscription. Hosted by Natalie Headings, a pre- and postnatal exercise specialist and ACSM certified personal trainer, she's an incredible teacher. This five-video series equips you with essential insights to understand what your pelvic floor and core are, how they work, and how to enhance pelvic floor and core strength and proper function during and after your pregnancy and birth. Learn about pelvic floor basics, key postural adjustments, effective muscle releases, and breathing techniques for a healthier core and floor. Don't wait. Visit informedpregnancy.tv and get started with the invaluable core connection today. Welcome to the Informed Pregnancy and Parenting Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Elliot Berlin, and today we're talking about water birth. My guest is no stranger to this podcast. You remember her from previous episodes and from our YouTube series, The Real Midwives of Los Angeles. She's a podcaster, childbirth educator, doula, placenta encapsulator, midwife, and just an incredible human that I love spending time with once in a while when I'm lucky enough to have it. Bliss Young, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm blushing. You, you are? You can't see that. No, it's podcast, kind of a dark but... studio. <laughs> uh, it's for me because I'm face blind. I never know who I'm talking to. So <laughs> let's talk about water stuff. First of all, your progression, just real quickly. You used to be like a plain old business person. I did. Yeah, I ha- I've had a few different lives, believe it or not. I worked in catering. I was a waitress. Catering. I worked in catering. Yeah. I was a waiter. Yeah, <gasps> for a long time. We're samesies. And then, um, actually, I did that when I was eight months pregnant with my third. I that was did not. Interesting. Right. Wow. <laughs> well, at least you have a place to rest the tray. Exactly. You know? Yeah, I've, I've been in corporate world. I've been in retail. So this is where it was always meant to be, but I've had a lot of different lives. It took me a meandering path to get to becoming a midwife. The cool thing is you're good at whatever you do. Thanks. And now you're good at being a midwife. I so. put my whole heart into it. That's you definitely sure. put your heart yeah. into everything yeah, you do. I do. <laughs> so now you're a home birth midwife. Yes. You deliver babies at home. You help women deliver babies at home. Am I saying that right? Well, I catch Mm -hmm. babies. You catch babies. The moms deliver the babies. Yeah, so they deliver them. You assist, you support, you... Hold space. Hold space. Yeah, I make sure that there's a safety container and witness and maybe even reflect back to her, you know, that she really has everything that she needs within herself. I always learn stuff when I talk to you. That's my favorite part, I think. Hmm. (laughs) Uh, Let's talk about water birth. We had one. Did you ever have a, a water birth? No, no, I didn't. No, I labored in water for two out of the three births. Okay. Um, my first labor was incredibly long. I ended up transporting from a birth center and had a forceps delivery in the hospital. So eight years later, I got pregnant. And my second baby, we thought, could take just as long because they say if there's that much space, it could the be gap, like the first time, them, right? Yeah. 
Well, that baby came in two and a half hours. Oh, my goodness. Wait, and how long was your first? 36 hours. <gasps> and Samesies again. Yes, we're twinsies. Yeah, our first one was <laughs> super long. We expected another super long one. It was two hours and change. Yep. <gasps> and so the midwife did not have time to set up the tub. She oh. came in, and they were rushing around to try and get the tub set up. And I was like, I have to go to the bathroom. And you know what that means. I know what that means. That, she knew what that meant, but I didn't think I know what that meant. That's a different that kind moment. of water birth. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, let me check you. And she said, you're not going to make it into the tub. It's time to push your baby out. So I delivered in front of the Christmas tree for that one. It was lovely. And then for my third one, I was like, you know what? Everybody was so busy rushing around trying to get that tub together. It was so frantic that I was like, let's just not and I'll labor in my own bathtub. And so I did. And then now that I've seen Ricky Lake deliver in her tiny little bathtub, I could have done it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I thought it was too small, so I got out and delivered in my bedroom. So interesting. So you had water labor. I loved the water and labor. But loved, not, loved, loved it. But not water birth. No. So there's some midwives that will say, you shouldn't get in right away, and they kind of like control that part a little bit more. And I do educate my parents that you know it could slow things down, and but that's really up to them. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when you're having a two and a half hour labor, you might mm-hmm. want to slow things down. That might feel good to you to kind of slow that down, right? So I always tell people, I'm not going to tell you you can't get in the tub because if someone told me you can't get in the tub, I would have been really upset. Yeah, so, that's true. Especially for urge and instinct is like, I really want to get in there. It was, it made me feel like I didn't even have contractions, literally. Wow. Yeah. My third labor, I don't really remember having pain, quote mm-hmm. unquote. You know, like I remember being in labor and there were people around and I definitely had a baby, but I don't have a recollection of having it be a painful experience. I'm going to try not to get food poisoning again because I Do was it. very aware of my contractions. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I just need water food poisoning. Mm, mm, that doesn't yeah. sound as dreamy. Maybe I need to have food poisoning by the Christmas tree. I don't know. Maybe I just need to eat better. Maybe. That's it. (laughs) We did have a home birth, a water birth, one out of four. So there's a lot of shower, you know, in the other ones. But for the fourth one, we did it at home. And Alyssa really wanted to get in there. But it was moving really fast. The second one? The fourth one. The fourth one, Uh uh-huh. It was like... I think just over 90 minutes start to finish. Wow. Yeah, that's intense. And our midwife came about halfway through. So she was there maybe for 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. And at some point she's like, oh, you're doing really nicely. She's like, Elliot, if she, you think you guys really still want to have the baby in water, now is a very good time yeah. <laughs> to start filling that tub. Yeah. And she was in there maybe 15 minutes and the baby came out. In there. Yeah. Was, Did she love it? She did love it. Yeah. It was very cool. And it was this, like, incredible moment that I don't have any faces in my mind. To, like, uh, I'm face blind, so I yeah. can't picture them. Yeah. But the one face picture that is kind of etched in, I think, a different part of my brain mm. is that little guy, our fourth kid, when Alyssa, like, brought him up. Mm. Uh, to the surface of the water, and then I saw his little face come through yes. that one moment. And mm-hmm. then he went <gasps> and took a little breath. That one moment is I can see not his face now, but his face then. Yes. It's like it's the only image of a face that I can recall. Oh, that's so beautiful. Incredible moment. That's so beautiful. Yeah. And I was like past the loofah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Let's talk about Waterworth. There's a whole bunch of things to talk about. First of all, setting. Where can you have your baby in water? Can you do it at a hospital, at home, at a birthing center, in, you know, a U-Haul truck? What's the options? Well, I guess you could do a U-Haul truck, but that would be, be cool. That would be very interesting. Um, I'm most familiar with, obviously, home birth and birth center because I owned a birth center for a certain amount yeah, of time. Yeah, a cool one. Yeah. Trendy. Awesome. I miss that. I miss that. <laughs> I miss it sometimes, suite. too. Um, I have seen women labor 
in tubs in the hospital here in LA, but I have not heard or experienced anyone delivering here. I think that there's a lot of policies around being able to actually deliver in the water, but more comfortability around laboring in the water. I think then, but not so many hospitals that have even tubs to labor in. Correct. A, and and a it's handful. limited yeah. too. So you may not always be able to. But, you know, that might not be true across Right. So the here, globe. I'm just saying here in Los Angeles, yeah. Um, yeah. I know that there's just really one hospital where I see people labor in water, but I think they have like eight out of 30 rooms that have a tub. Mm-hmm. And even if you get a room with a tub, there's rules about if and when you can get in and out right. of the tub yep. that are Restricted. pretty strict. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not mm-hmm. like you said, well, I don't think you should get in, but if you want to get in, get yeah. in there. Yeah. That reminds me, by the way, of a birth I was at for a doula. So I was her doula back when I was doing like the full birth doula situation. And I love being a doula for a doula because they know so much and it's really hard to get them out of their head sometimes. Yes. And I love that challenge of being able to get her out. (laughs) And so in her case, she was kind of like two, three centimeters, but she really had the urge to get into the tub. Yeah. And her midwife, she's like, you know, it's kind of, it could slow things down. We're not that progressed yet. But you just got to listen to your instinct. And she just jumped in the tub. She's like, my instinct says get in the tub. I would say like 30 minutes later, she was pushing. Like it just was what her body needed to sink in there, feel totally relaxed and just let go and open up. Beautiful. So I love that, you know, the way you guys approach it is just really different than in a Mm -hmm. hospital where there's just all these protocols. Fear. Yeah, they're fear and Mm -hmm. standardized. And like Mm -hmm. it's not about you. It's about the general. Yeah. And if you feel, you know, it's like almost like school is if you're kind of in that middle zone, then it's going to be potentially very catered to you. But if you're like a very advanced student or kind of a different kind of learner student, then it's not going to be so catered to you. Yeah, I sort of feel like hospitals are like that too. But I know there's another hospital that kind of has tubs sometimes with midwives that theoretically they deliver there in tubs, but I don't know personally who's done it. <laughs> yeah, that's so, what I'm saying. It's like an urban legend, right? Like yes. you can, but have there's you met pol- anybody? There's so many policies on it. And yeah. then do you know Dr. Benta Kaiser? No. Hollywood Presbyterian Hospital. She was on our podcast recently and she's the chief of OB there. And she's been advocating hardcore for them to bring in tubs and let them do uh, water labor and water mm-hmm. birth. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I hope there's maybe a trend moving in that direction. So hospitals, I think in general, there are some hospitals with birthing centers in this country attached to them or part of them mm-hmm. where you could have it. But it doesn't seem to be the most popular place to do water birth. Yeah, I think in the 70s, there was a big push for it. And That's there, a funny way to put it. There was more happening, and then it started to reverse back in the 80s. So maybe it will go back again. But I always say that the way that there's going to be change in the mainstream is from the families, from the women really requesting it and you know saying that this is an important factor in where they choose to deliver, mm-hmm. that they have the option to deliver in water if they want. Like any other uh, business or industry, if the uh, consumer demands it, then eventually the the market will respond. Absolutely. So in a birthing center, like the one you had, for Mm -hmm. example, Mm -hmm. then people come at a certain time to the birthing center. Yeah, when they're in active labor. When they're in active labor. Mm -hmm. And then in your case, the tub was built and it was a nice big tub with rose petals in the picture. (laughs) (laughs) Not always Uh, at at the birth, but yes, in the pictures. Yeah. Yeah. And it was big enough so, like, you could do stuff in there. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the benefit of having either our birth tubs that we bring to the home 
or the ones that are in birth centers is that they're designed for that and they're big enough that you can maneuver around and get into good positions and maybe even have someone in the tub with you. Whereas sometimes like a tub in a home is not necessarily always that big for that. Mm-hmm. Um, the ones that we bring to the homes that are inflatable are nice because they're soft. So they have a soft bottom. So if you want to be on your hands and knees, um, you have cushion and, mm-hmm. and you'd have to kind of create that same thing in your own tub at home because they're hard. Great. I want to get into yeah. the nitty gritty because I yeah. feel like there's a lot of different birth tub options Yes. at home. Like if you go to the hospital, it's usually whatever they have. If you have a birthing center, it's whatever they have. But at right. home, you do have a lot of options. So yeah. let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about all sorts of different labor tubs. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with Bliss Young. <laughs> This episode is sponsored by an innovative product that's made a big difference for parents and babies alike, Dr. Mom Butt Bomb. As a parent of four, I've had my fair share of battles with diaper rash, often resorting to thick, unpleasant pastes. I only recently discovered Dr. Mom Butt Bomb, and I was immediately impressed by its pleasant consistency and ease of application. This pediatric-approved skin protectant is free from dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, making it perfect for your baby's sensitive skin. It's designed by a doctor who's also a mom, ensuring your little one gets the gentlest care. A small dab is all it takes to soothe and protect, avoiding the mess and hassle of traditional treatments. With ingredients like dimethicone and petrolatum, Dr. Mom Butt Bomb not only soothes, but also restores your baby's delicate skin. Available on Amazon.com and Walmart.com, it's the smart choice for every parent wanting to keep diaper rash at bay. Remember, with Dr. Mom Butt Bomb, nothing comes between you and your baby. Not even diaper rash. Welcome back to the Informed Pregnancy Podcast. We're talking about water birth and water labor. Tubs at home, you have choices. So we had this big tub that's like built in. It's a jacuzzi tub. I don't know who built this house. They thought we'd have lots of parties in water, I guess. It was perfect for us. (laughs) Awesome. Meant to be. Yeah, but I hear a lot of people say, like, I want to do water birth, but I have this just like standard tub. Right. Or a small tub. And that's what you said with your... Mm-hmm. Second and third, I guess. You yeah. had that small tub but didn't get in there because you thought, oh, I can't have a baby in there. Well, I, I did labor. I just didn't push. You got out to, for mm-hmm. pushing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But you could, really. I could have, yeah. Um, in general, when people are considering tub, is there a reason why they don't just use that one? Um The regular tubs that don't have the hard glass around them, you know, in some apartment buildings, there's like the sliding glass doors. Oh, the doors, yeah. Those are not good because if we needed to get in for an urgent situation, it's very difficult to maneuver around them. So that really is my only like, But if it's just open? No. If it's open, it's totally fine. The only thing that I would say is that the deeper the water is, the more ability she's going to have to be able to choose whatever position she wants. Right. In one of those small standard tubs, probably the best position would be on her back. Just sitting back like you're normally in that tub. Right, right. Because if you're on your hands and knees, the baby might not be submerged in the water. And that's the main concern with water birth is that we don't want the baby going in and then back out of the water. We want the baby to be completely submerged throughout the process. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. And also, if she's on her hands and knees in that position, she's probably not that much in the water. I mean, just comfort-wise, it's not warm and all. Yeah. And soft. Yeah. You know, it's it, those, those tubs, tubs tend are to be a, hard. Yeah. 
So then you could also have the inflatable tubs that you blow up. Right. With like a pump, usually. Air pump. Air yeah, pump. like you the one that you would use for a mattress. Or floatables, yeah, in the pool. Could like people the... ask me, can I use one that I blow up like a ball with? I'm like, no. no that's going to take a very long time. <laughs> I had a dad one time I walked in, and he was trying to blow it up with his mouth. Oh, that's the worst. He's so sweet. Hyperventilate. <laughs> so cute. I was like, we have a tool for that. <laughs> There's so help. much air in those tubs. <laughs> Let me help you out. Oh, my goodness. Um, and they have little seats in them that you could sit on. They Some have... of them, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's they... all. The, like uh, the range is yeah, incredible. The ones that I use, they have handles that can help you if you want to pull on them to have some traction. I saw one with like a cup holder. They have little cup holders, but I always joke with people about it. It like holds a beer. Beer. Like, what? Yeah, I don't know. Red wine, <laughs> I guess. It's so tiny. Oh. But anyways, I don't know if you're going to be having a beer, but that's about it. All right. Well, it's multi-purpose. Maybe if you <laughs> once you buy it, yeah, and that's the other thing, you could buy it. You could rent it also. Yes, and the rentable ones, they have these ones that can stay heated. Mm-hmm. Um, How does that happen? It has an internal heater to it. So they're really heavy, but that could be an option if someone was kind of concerned about like, how's it going to stay warm? And I don't want you to be adding water and bailing water out, which sometimes we have to do to keep it warm. If it's a longer labor. Mm-hmm. So that is usually an option. Is there a temperature that's ideal? Body temperature. Oh. Yeah. Body temp. So it should yeah. just... A little less than 100. Okay. Yeah. Like when and you're not f- too cool. Filling it up, you have a little thermometer in there and you just like... Yeah, I mean, a lot of people use a thermometer. I'm, you just do it by hand? Yeah. You, I kind of so just spiritual. know. <laughs> this feels about right for a baby. Mm. Um, and babies need to be warm when they transition. Like when we do just do a birth in general, you want to make sure that the room is warm. So that's one of the reasons why we want the water to be like body temperature because they're in water. Oh, for when the baby comes in out. In utero, yeah. And so when they come through, it's less of a – shock to their system. They, yeah. The transition is very gentle, which is one of the benefits. I've been to water births where they somebody fills up the tub. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's a loving partner mm-hmm. who's trying to do a lot of things at the same time. Yeah. And they go fill up the tub and it's just too darn hot, especially like in an apartment complex where there's endless water, hot water. Yeah. And then we've been like post-mating bricks of ice. I've <laughs> heard a lot about to, ice going <laughs> in the tub. Try to cool it off. Yeah. I mean, this particular birth I'm thinking about, she never got in there because it just never got to a good temperature. Yeah. And she was fine. And like, I don't even think she realized that's what was going on. She just asked once or twice, is the tub ready? And I'm like, no, not quite yet. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and yeah. we're waiting for Postmates to get there. Aw. Yeah. I had a birth recently and the tub, when she touched it, she wanted it cool. Mm-hmm. And then when I got it to the temperature that I knew it needed to be, she put her toe in. She was like, that's too hot. She was just overheated, you know? Mm-hmm. And so she never actually made it in the tub. But, yeah. Well, yeah. it's nice to have one that where you can set the temperature and mm-hmm. try to keep it there. The only thing I want to say about while well, we're talking about different types of, of birth tubs, yeah. um, those little kiddie pools are not my favorite. So that's another thing. People do them because <laughs> they're like cheap and easy to get mm-hmm. a hold of. They but are. Not your, your favorite because of why they're too low. They're too, shallow. Yeah, they're so what I was talking about earlier. Earlier, um, oh, from the safety. Yes. Well, and then I have to kind of be a little more controlling over a woman's where she's delivering. Yeah. Like, no, you need to be in this position rather than her really being able to follow her own instincts and be able to be wherever she wants. So, right. again, you want it deep, and those tubs, they don't get very deep. Um, we were at a birth not too long ago where they had a cool tub sunken in. Yeah. Where you just, like, walk down and get in that tub. That's a cool tub. The that one you we were at? 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We yeah. Yes, yes. That, that was cool. cool. And also good for big doulas to just be able to stick their big <laughs> meaty feet in there and not have to like reach over. Because a lot of times like I'll come back from a birth where I'm like squeezing hips. Mm-hmm. You must also have it all the time where you're reaching in to squeeze hips and then, you know, you're getting whatever position is comfortable Contorted. for them. But mm-hmm. with the higher wall on that time, you're kind of reaching yeah. and squeezing. And so that's great when they're like a little built in with a seating area. Yeah, or you have to um, bring your trunks and just hop on in Yeah, with just them. hop on in Yeah. Right. Um, and also a jacuzzi. You could do a jacuzzi. You'd have to prepare for that. You'd have like to, the outdoor jacuzzi? Mm-hmm. You'd have to take the water out, have it cleaned, have it like, you know, all of that. But but you can, could do that. So that's the question. What could be in the water? Just water. Nothing else? No Epsom salt, no lavender, no Not Not for the delivery. And I really try and stay away from essential oils on the body. In the water? In general, in in birth, because I think it affects the baby's ability to smell what mom smells like. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, so diffusing. Yeah, diffusing in the room, I think, is great, but um, not on her body. I stay away from it being on her body. How many times am I going to say this? How I learn new things every time. (laughs) Like profound, never thought of these kind of things. Yay. So nothing in there. So then because I crystals. also. I had someone pull their crystals in. That's fine. Ooh, crystals in yeah, the water. Yeah, you could put crystals in the water, but anything else. And some people like to filter the water, which is totally fine if that feels important wow. to you. No fuzzy ball, like the fizz ball. No fizz balls. Um, but I've had people labor also in their in-ground hot tub outside by the pool. Yeah. For labor. Yeah. But not delivery. As long as she's intact. So her bag is intact. She's not ruptured. That would be fine. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes in the pool itself. Yeah. Swimming around. Warm. Totally. Yeah. And oh. some women like to be cool. One more thing about. I like to be cool. During labor? No, just in life. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I try. Yeah. Um, we use lead-free hoses because when they get hot, they could leach chemicals from the hose. Yeah. So that's an important aspect as well. So here's a very practical question. How you get the water in and out of a tub? People always ask birth. this. It's yeah. great. I love looking at the dad's face. He's like, so. <laughs> <laughs> you take a cup. <laughs> How do you get the water out and where does it go? Exactly. It's right? a lot of water. Yeah. In our case, you order a birth kit and a hose comes in with an adapter that can either go to a faucet or to a shower head. And usually the shower head is the best option because the pressure is better. I've even had people hook it up to their washer and dryer. So it just depends on your configuration. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Fire hydrant? No. (laughs) Not that one yet. (laughs) Although I did have a dad do it from the outside which was mm. hilarious. He was trying to go in the window from the outside. And I was like, no, it has to be warm. Cold? Yeah, it's <laughs> too cold. He didn't think about it. It was oh. great. And then when we're done, you pump the water out with a sub pump. Same hose, you take it off and put it on there and then you pump it out. Oh, you bring a pump with I you? I bring like, a sub So if pump. somebody at their home is doing a home birth. They would uh, need a sub pump. They have to rent a bios if they're just on their own, if they don't have. Yeah, they'd have to buy it. I think that was about $100 from hmm. Home Depot. A sub pump. Sub pump. And that's basically like if uh, something like flooded, flooded oh. yeah, you would be able to pump water out. And it can go in the toilet. Usually that's the most often. But if you're on the first floor and they have a garden, it's great for plants. Oh, nice. So just pump it out. All that uh, reproductive juju. Yeah. And, you know, we're recycling water, right? That's a good thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Are there, because you kind of have to keep an eye on it, though, because I've seen more than once where on the filling or <laughs> unfilling and, like, something comes loose or yeah. comes off and then the neighbors downstairs are knocking on the door, like, what's really? going on? Yeah. Oh, I've never had one go like that. Twice. One oh. was a filling. 
Uh-huh. And it just wasn't a good connection and just leaked all over and flooded their bathroom. It's the same one that actually she never got into because it was uh, too <laughs> that hot. Was, there was something going it on there. It was not meant to be. Not meant to be. And another one where they put it into kind of like a shower and it was a little shallow. Mm-hmm. And um, it just overflowed the shower and started to drip downstairs. Uh, so. Yeah, no. Just a word of caution. If you're on the second floor. That, yeah, any floor not that's not the bottom. Or even just for your own bathroom and house. Right. Also, when we talk about rentable tubs, people kind of get grossed out about how many people have been in there before. But you get a liner. Yeah, it's a disposable liner. Look, I've been around birth so long. It was before they had liners, and every single birth we had to clean and sterilize that tub. And they have lots of nooks and crannies. So when they got the liners, it was a very happy day. And it's for you only, and then it gets tossed out after your delivery. And it conforms to the tub, so you just don't even really know it's there. Totally. I recently saw someone bring one of those to the hospital. Which one? An inflatable tub or a liner? No, a liner. For what? (laughs) Um, For the tub. Because it's a hospital tub that's kind of, who knows? I mean, it's just a little grody. Actually, not such a bad idea. So, yes, she said that she found that they make them for traveling. Uh Uh-huh. It's like when you go to hotels and things like that. It's this liner with a little drain opening. That's interesting. Yeah. Now, see, I learned something (gasps) new. Whoa, twinsies. (laughs) (laughs) Again. Gosh, I have some more questions about birth. Before I take one more break, I do want to ask you one question, which is this. People sometimes, they're going to have a hospital birth. They're going to go to the hospital, but they want to labor in water. Mm -hmm. But when you guys are around, in the next segment, we're going to talk about some of the risks and benefits and some of the things that you do while you're in water. But they're monitored kind of by you or a midwife assistant at home. Like, are there any things to consider in terms of safety, like when to get in or when to get out, people who shouldn't go into water and labor at home? Just... You know, I think really it's about following your instincts in labor, for sure. There's very little that could go wrong in terms of submerging yourself in water. But if your bag is ruptured, you don't want to be in the water for an extended period of time. It doesn't mean that you can't have a delivery in water, but you don't want to be like sitting in water for a long period of time. So that would be the biggest thing that I would say. You midwives and the instincts. (laughs) I love it. All right. Don't go anywhere. We're going to come right back with some nitty-gritty details about water birth with midwife Blizzia. Welcome back to the Informed Pregnancy Podcast. We're talking water birth with midwife Bliss Young. Okay. Why would someone want to get into water? Um, just in terms of laboring, you're not talking about delivery necessarily. Just, Either yeah. or, yeah. Yeah. So we've been talking a lot about water birth, but water in general is definitely helps relax the system, relax the muscles, and can take away a lot. Not take away. I shouldn't say take away. But relieve a lot of the discomfort from labor. They call it the aquadural. Yeah. They do. It kind of looks like that. For people, I think, especially who like a warm, comfortable bath Mm -hmm. and are used to it, conditioned to it, almost Pavlovian. They get in there and all of a sudden Uh. it's like, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, it's great. Uh, I see people sometimes just really get out of their mind. Like they're thinking, thinking about everything. Mm -hmm. How intense is this? How much longer is it going to be? How long was it? And they get in that bath and like within a little bit of time, they just fall into just like the body's still doing its thing, but the mind kind of goes quiet. Yes, it's beautiful. And uh, one of my favorites is if the couple is into it, having them in the water together. 
you know, because it just lends itself to a lot of touching and being close. And we know in birth that leads to more oxytocin flowing, which helps uh, the birth uh, proceed. The good hormone. Yeah. Can water do something similar, like in the shower without being submerged? Oh, yes. I had a water birth in the shower last year. <laughs> oh, you did? They gave birth in the shower? Yeah, she had been laboring in the tub for a long, long time. And she's like, something's not right because she had had her, it was her fourth baby. Ooh. So I trusted her and I was like, do you want to get out? And she's like, yes. You know, we, we um, pushed on the stool for a little bit because I don't normally check multips. People oh, yeah. have already had baby. You don't check their cervix. You just No, if they're feeling pushy, right? Yeah. Um, and so oh. then I did check and she was like seven. And I was like, babe, you still have some cervix. Why don't you guys go get in the shower? And so she was like, okay. And they went in the shower. And literally five minutes later, he's yelling for really? me. And I go oh. in and he caught his baby. Wow, in the shower. In That's the shower. so cool. <laughs> so I think for her too, like she thought maybe she'd want to be around all of her kids and in the middle of everything. But that also just being in a closed area where it was just private. I send couples into the shower all the time in the hospital Mm -hmm. because they can get some privacy. They might be able to be off the monitors, you know? So it's a really great way for people to progress, I feel. We just even had a birth center birth and there was a lot of support people that she loved. She was eating it all up. Everybody there had a role and everybody served the role. She knew exactly how to have around her in the moment what she needed around her. But Mm -hmm. at some point, she just was like, I'm getting in that shower now. She got in there, sat in the ball. He got in there with her. And mm-hmm. everybody realized in that moment, this is them time. And we all just left. We were like yep. next door. And they stayed in there for like an hour. Yep. Just, you know. It's you great. hear that little, uh, in the background, <laughs> you know. Yeah, when you hear the noises getting louder, you're like, yes, yeah, it's working. It's having its desired effect. Yeah. And then they have that wand in the shower sometimes where you can kind of point the water. Where, where, exactly where, where she wants it, it and mm-hmm. where she needs it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's a pretty cool option too. I would say this though, when you have a tub that you're going to set up and some of them are snapped together, some of them are inflated, like we talked about earlier, mm-hmm. you s- said in your second <laughs> birth, you didn't make it in time because uh, it was quick. And then the third one, it was like commotion about setting it up. But could it be pre-set up? Totally. We did that recently thinking that that would help and she still never got in the tub, oh, unfortunately, really? but it could. Timing wise, you mean? Yeah, she just didn't want to move and from where she was. And so she never got in the tub, which happens sometimes. Like we have the tub available for people. Sometimes people get in and they realize they don't want to be in. Either they're too hot or some smaller women sometimes don't feel like they can ground enough. They're floating around in the water a little bit too much. A what do they call those? The pool noodles sometimes yeah. can help. Oh, yeah, for, that's cool. For women who are like five feet and under, you know, like little petite oh, that's women. interesting, yeah. So sometimes their skin just is angry after a while. Yeah, you know, it's like pruny and just not. Yeah, they out. just they just feel like it's just not working for them. And so helping them understand the flexibility of like even though you you envisioned a water birth and you thought that that's where you were going to be, let's try something else because maybe it'll progress and maybe you'll feel better about being on land, as mm-hmm. we say, yeah. land birth, <laughs> land baby. Yeah, that's interesting about the pool noodle and just other things that you consider of different people of different size and shape and how to get them comfortable in there. But it just sounded like for your third baby, it would have been like if it was all pre-set up, up, then maybe you could have hopped in there. Yeah, totally. 
I've had women talk about that that thought they were going to go fast. Mm -hmm. And the only downside to that, I would say, is you know how sometimes when you're towards the end of pregnancy and you're having all these stop starts and you think you're going to labor or you're wishing that you were in labor and there's that tub sitting Mm -hmm. in the corner of your bedroom staring at you. that you're not in labor yet. (laughs) Right. That's the only thing. So it's, you know, it's always a timing issue. I thought that's what mother-in-law's job was. Which part? <laughs> staring at uh, Staring at you and telling you you're not in labor yet. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now? Very are you in labor now? Now? Is it happening now? Very I haven't true. heard from you in two hours. Are you okay? Did are you, you have the okay? baby? Yeah. Okay. Off the mother-in-law. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, also, sometimes it seems like the baby overheats a little bit. Maybe the core temperature gets hot and the heart mm-hmm. rate changes. Mm-hmm. So, when a, when a mom does get into the tub, one of the things that midwives will normally do is check and see what's happening with baby. Because some babies can respond in a way where their heart rate is tachycardic, which is fast. And so, we would ask the mom to get out at that point. How in, do you monitor them while they're in water? The babies? Uh, both, mother and baby. Like... Well, mom in general was just kind of listening to what she's reporting and talking to her about how she's feeling. With baby, we use a handheld Doppler. You know, it's waterproof. It is waterproof. Mm-hmm. The wand part that we put on the mom that we're listening to it. Not is the speaker. <laughs> the speaker part. If you drop it in the water, it's going to be oh, really it's probably bad not good day. for anybody. Yeah, really bad day. But um, in the hospital now they have. I don't. You might know what they're called. Those, oh, those, I forgot the name of it. The little Bluetooth. Yeah, situation, and it and just has a sticker. Yeah. So that's great because they can get in the shower. I don't know about submerging. I've never seen that. It says water resistant, and they let probably them do the shower. Yeah. But I've seen people wear it in the tub. Oh, you have? And go under. They're okay. not supposed to, but I've seen <laughs> it happen and it still works. Yeah. It seems to still work. So, so that's that. the difference between the comfort of intermittent monitoring, which is what we do at home, versus um, continuous monitoring, which is usually what they're doing in the hospital. So you listen with the Doppler. You can hear the heart rate. Yeah. And you just listen periodically, make sure everything's happy as a clam. Exactly. Whereas sometimes it, in the hospital, they like to constantly hear the heart rate. Yeah. And there's been a lot of studies that have been revealed that have shown that that's not necessarily giving better outcomes, but actually leading to more cesareans. More intervention, mm-hmm. because every time you see a little variation, you jump on it. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, and then, so for mother, you're just listening and talking and touching. Yeah. You, sometimes we might take her temperature, you know, if we feel like that might be a concern. But usually, yeah, just kind of being close to her and monitoring how she's feeling when she's in the water. What happens when goop gets in the water? Birth is goopy. There's all sorts of goop. Do you mean poop? Uh, Is that a nice way of saying poop? No, poop is some (laughs) of the goop, but there's all sorts of goop. There's amniotic fluid. There's like little bits of tissue that come out. Well, uh, think about it. The baby- Pee in there. Right. The baby's drinking its own urine, So, and urine is sterile. The mom's urine is sterile, so there's nothing wrong with that. What about dad's urine? Um, okay, no, next topic. <laughs> Dad's urine is sterile, too. Actually, I've never thought about Dad peeing in the tub. But. Yeah, no, I'm sure it happens. <laughs> it's got to happen. Pavlov, you just pee in the tub. Oh, that's funny. But, you know, birth is not sterile, first of all. Like, right. it doesn't have to be a sterile process. Especially and, if you've ever watched an animal give birth. Right, exactly. And actually, the point that I wanted to make about one of the benefits of home birth is that um, water birth at home is that it contains some of that mess. Right. Because people ask all the time, Mm. like, 
isn't birth messy? And I'm like, hey, it's not going to be like Dexter. We know yeah. how to control, <laughs> right. <laughs> control it a little bit. But if they are in the tub, it's pretty self-contained, and then it gets pumped out, right? Just saying Dexter was really good at cleaning up after himself. Yeah. <laughs> I never watched the show. Oh, so you don't I've even know the, the reference. Images. You've seen yeah. the before he cleans yeah. up after yeah. himself. Okay. Um, but in terms of poop, which yeah. a lot of moms do kind of feel concerned about, both on land and in the water, um, we use a little fishnet, and we oh, go scoop it out. Really quick before anybody even is paying attention and it's gone and out so of So there's water. never a point. What if she throws up in there? Like that's also. If she throws up, it's probably time to get out. Time to get out. out. Yeah. And if she has diarrhea, mm-hmm. probably time, time to, get, to get, out. get out. So there are there Sorry, are Sorry, listeners. This is a lot. <laughs> hey, listen. You, you're listening to a pregnancy podcast. That's right. <laughs> you're probably driving right now. I'm like, nah, grabbing the wheel extra hard. Um, <laughs> we're working out. We'll try and we'll try and say something really pretty soon. At the very end, <laughs> we'll save something. Um, yeah. So, and then yeah. when she gets out, sometimes there's enough time to sub pump all that stuff out of there. Sure, we could and do then that. Change the liner and start all over again. Yeah, we probably could do that. Like your first birth, probably you could have done that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> twice. <Yeah>. Twice, <laughs> right? Exactly. Or more. All right, let's talk about the big moment. Baby comes out in water. Mm, this um, is the pretty part. Yeah. See, we promised the pretty mm. part. First of all, just the mechanics. I think it's very hard for people to understand. If you put your baby submerged in water, you know, bad things are going to happen to them. So right. why doesn't that happen at birth? Because babies are breathing amniotic fluid. That's what they're doing in utero is they're in water and the water is going through their system. So it's a very gentle transition for them to come in through water. And they're not actually taking that first breath until they hit the oxygen. So that's why the most important safety thing is that the baby doesn't go in and out of the water. Right. So once the lungs inflate and they start breathing, then you can't put them back underwater or they'll have the same problem that we have if we're stuck underwater. Exactly. Yeah. So that's why all those things you talked about, a shallow tub are not great Mm -hmm. or those tubs where you can't get in there and help Mm -hmm. out if you need to. Yeah. How long could you, would you keep them underneath before you bring them up to the surface? That's the question that most um, midwives kind of uh, diverge on. A midwife that taught me was like, what's the point? Like, why do you need to keep a baby underwater? Pictures. You know, like, <laughs> sometimes you do get beautiful pictures with the yeah. baby's eyes wide open. Especially with the GoPro so underwater. Ama- oh, so amazing. But I don't know that I have a particular time. Again, for, for me, it would be instinct. I think not feeling nervous and not rushing that process is definitely okay to just kind of have it be gentle. You can even take a moment to look at the baby and, and kind of sense what's happening. I was just listening to another podcast on the way over here, actually, and she was talking about the transition of a baby. And what she said was, we want everybody in the room to be breathing, right? Because Mm -hmm. if you're holding your breath because you're nervous, Mm -hmm. the baby's going to sense that too. So I think that trusting the process that this is a gentle transition from in utero to out of utero, and the baby is actually coming into the world for the first time. So Mm -hmm. if everybody could just kind of slow down Mm -hmm. and take a deep breath that's going to be a beautiful experience for everyone. Mm -hmm. You do so many births. Sometimes when you do something for a long time, you get burnt out. But if people at home could see the glow on you right now (laughs) as you're talking about birth, Mm. you just have such like your happy place. I love water birth too. And the other thing about water birth is that I tell parents, it's harder for me to be right up in there in the water, right? Mm -hmm. Unless I'm in the tub, which I'm usually not. So I love when mom and dad are the first hands to touch their Mm -hmm. baby and, you know, guiding them through that process of encouraging them and showing them that that's what they need. All they need is each other during this moment. You know, that's not the difficult part of 
labor mm. is the catching part. No. It's fun. Cool. It's fun. Yeah. It's really sweet. Like, I don't ever remember seeing the first breath on a land birth, mm. personally. Mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily in that vantage point anyway. Mm-hmm. But um, at water birth, I've seen it a few times. And the most, like I said, the most prominent memory, the only face I have saved in my entire brain is my fourth baby, that little guy coming out, taking his first breath as he came. He wasn't in the water very long. I would say mm-hmm. maybe five seconds, ten mm-hmm. seconds. But then when she brought him to the surface and then he mm-hmm. came through, mm-hmm. it's just like... Maybe I need to see everybody's face in water. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe that'll help. Last question for me, and then any thoughts from you are, on land, you have all these different options on how you deliver position-wise on all four, Mm -hmm. squatting, one side, the other side, standing up on your, hanging from the ceiling. What about in water? Are there still options for- I mean, pretty much you could do all of those. Same, yeah. Yeah, you could have something hanging from the ceiling and still use that while your bottom is submerged in the water. Definitely hands and knees and reclining on your back, maybe with your partner behind you or in front of you, is very common. Um, Side-lying. Do you get a little flashlight in there to see what's going on? Sometimes. You know, for me, I really do a lot of touch. Mm. So rather than, like, actually entering the vagina, I just kind of put my hand on the outside, and I can feel the bulge. I can feel when the head is starting to get closer Mm -hmm. so that I can guide her in terms of slowing the process down for um, keeping her tissues intact. That would be the only reason I would really, like, interfere with Again, so midwific. It's just a different approach. I love that. I see the Instagram hashtag, feel the bulge. It's going to be a viral campaign. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But one thing when you talk about lights, at one birth, I had a photographer. She was a photographer who was delivering, Mm -hmm. and she had a friend come and photograph her birth. And they got these little lights that submerged into the water. They could change colors if you wanted them to. Yeah. But they made for such beautiful photographs because it was illuminated from the bottom. That's also a good tip. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen people now um, put those twinkly lights, like the Christmas oh, the, the lights, lights? Yeah. in between the water. Oh, and the tu- and the, the liner, liner and the tub because the liner is clear. Eh, yeah, it makes made... me a little uncomfortable mm-hmm. too. Makes me a little uncomfortable. But I too. saw what you were talking about too. They were filming for a documentary, and they mm-hmm. had the water lights in there, and it was a really cool, beautiful effect. effect. Yeah, yeah. Really cool. I will say this: just one tip. I've learned a lot from you. As again, as always, unfortunately, we're towards the end of our episode. One of my favorites. I really love talking to you so much, and I, I always too. learn from you. And this is uh, a topic that I field many questions about and don't know as much nearly about it as you do. So I'm I'm grateful for you to come in and share. One tip I could share that nobody told us before our home birth uh, and water birth was that after all was said and done and my wife got up to step out of the tub with her baby, with our baby, I Mm -hmm. suppose, we had nothing on the floor there, really. She just Mm -hmm. stepped out Mm -hmm. onto it Mm -hmm. and then, you know, walked through the bathroom to the bed and just lay down on the bed for a Mm -hmm. bit. I spent about an hour, I had to run to CBS real quick and get some hydrogen peroxide. I spent mm-hmm. an hour cleaning gooey red stuff off the grout. <laughs> uh, so there was no plastic. It was just no on. plastic. There uh-huh. was no towel. But it was just our tub built into the house. So I know like oh. when you set up the tub, you always oh, yeah. put that stuff around yeah, yeah. it. But in our case, nobody really thought about, like, maybe take an old towel that nobody cares about and just have it over there. Could have been a nice. Totally. What we normally do when mom gets out is we put a chucks in between her legs. Mm, so it doesn't all. 
Yeah, so it contains down. the bleeding. Yeah, we had nothing like that. Yeah, sorry. So no, it's okay. <laughs> I never thought I would be the toothbrush, hydrogen peroxide, blood out of the ground kind of guy, but hydrogen peroxide is a great tip for getting out blood. That, yeah, that's it really one of, did that's work. one of our. Oh, it's it's amazing. Our ground is cleaner than it was when we moved in there. So, <laughs> so there's a benefit. <laughs> Any final thought? Um, you know. I think that having the option to be able to be in water can make a real difference in a woman who's wanting to have a unmedicated natural delivery. So when selecting a provider or a location, I would look for some place where that is an option for you. Good call. Yeah. You need to know that towards the beginning. Yeah. If you know, sometimes we don't think about the end at the beginning. So when yeah. you're looking at where you want to give birth, with whom you want to give birth, and what facility you're going to give birth, and even labor, yeah, um, these are some things to think about because for people who it works well for, being in water works really well. Yeah, yeah I agree. Like Liz, me. Yes. Yeah. Where can we find you online? You can find me on social media at Birthing Bliss Midwifery. And, and it's um, B-L-Y-S-S. It is. Thank you. So B-L-Y-S-S. Um, and then birthingbliss.com is my website. Beautiful. Thank you again for joining me. Thank you for having me. At home, thanks for listening to our podcast. And thanks for sharing us with your friends. Our numbers are growing. So I know it's not just my mother listening anymore. And I'm grateful. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, For more information, visit informedpregnancy.com. This episode is sponsored by an innovative product that's made a big difference for parents and babies alike. Dr. Mom Butt Balm. As a parent of four, I've had my fair share of battles with diaper rash, often resorting to thick, unpleasant pastes. I only recently discovered Dr. Mom Butt Balm, and I was immediately impressed by its pleasant consistency and ease of application. This pediatric-approved skin protectant is free from dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, making it perfect for your baby's sensitive skin. It's designed by a doctor who's also a mom, ensuring your little one gets the gentlest care. A small dab is all it takes to soothe and protect, avoiding the mess and hassle of traditional treatments. With ingredients like dimethicone and petrolatum, Dr. Mom Butt Balm not only soothes, but also restores your baby's delicate skin. Available on Amazon.com and Walmart.com, it's the smart choice for every parent wanting to keep diaper rash at bay. Remember, with Dr. Mom Butt Bomb, nothing comes between you and your baby. Not even diaper rash.